Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Mia, welcome to The Spill, your snackable daily podcast for your pop culture fix. Hi, I'm Laura Brodnick and I'm Mamma Mia's entertainment editor. And I'm Key Reese. I work at Social Squad, which is Mamma Mia's internal social media agency. And not only is it a Friday, but we've had a little announcement that the Crown Season 4, an air date for November 15th. I know, and I know you were dying over that trailer. I could hear the excitement in your voice this morning. It's going to be so good because we're going to remember all of these moments that happened in real time and see it all come to life. I cannot wait. And in today's deep dive, we are going to be recommending two other shows that we are equally obsessed with and give you all the juicy details and why you need to watch them this weekend. I have news. What's the hot gosh? I want more headlines. But first, our entertainment news headlines, what you need to know today, starting off with one that had me pretty confused and also Kristen Dunst is pretty confused, thank God, because she's been included in Kanye West's presidential campaign marketing. Yes, so on Wednesday, Kanye West, who announced his bid for the president run in July of this year, shared um, his first kind of big bit of marketing. And it was a collage that he shared across his social media feeds, including Twitter, that featured the slogan, Kanye 2020 Vision, in boxes, alongside all these famous faces of celebrities and people in the public eye. But right at the top of the collage was a smiling photo of the actress Kirsten Dunst. Now, everyone assumed that all the people in the collage had either given their permission, had some sort of a connection to his cause or something he was speaking about or were endorsing him in some way. But after the feature had been up on Twitter for a little while, Kirsten popped up and said, I'm not sure what the message is here and why am I included? So she's since talked to page six and said that Kanye did not reach out to her ahead of time, nor did she authorize him to use her photo. So it seems like he's just jumped on like paint or something late at night, pulled a few celebrity images he's liked and whacked them on his campaign, just hoping that would tip him over the edge. On to some homegrown news. Playing for Keep Star, Olympia Valance has revealed that she has been fighting a cybercrime for over a year after her private nude images were leaked. Yeah, so she said quite an emotional statement to her Instagram profile this week, writing that she's been dealing with this for a year because the images were not just taken from her phone, but also published online. And she said that she's only talking about it now because new images have started to be recirculated. And she also talked about the fact that even though she's the victim, she's the one who's had to really fight against this and contain these images from not being broadcast to the public at an even greater number. And also the fact that, you know, there's been blackmail involved and all these sort of things happening behind the scenes that she's been dealing with. And I think she finished off in a really strong way because as we know, whenever there's a scandal like this, and I guess most famously Jennifer Lawrence comes to mind, the first public thing that people say is, well, why did you have naked photos on your phone? Like if you don't want your phone hacked, don't have them, which is completely ridiculous. And so Olympia spoke on that in her statement and said, stealing them and showing them online without consent 
is not the fault of the victim. Women should be allowed to embrace their sexuality without fear that someone will take those images and manipulate them for their own gain. A hundred percent. Don't tell me what I can and can't have on my personal phone that should never be hacked. And the female body is gorgeous. We take pictures of ourselves because we're stunning and that's it. Well, on to some new Bachelor news. There's a leaked Zoom chat that has apparently given away The Bachelor's top four, but fans aren't convinced. So we know that this season of The Bachelor switched to a love and lockdown format kind of midway into production around March due to corona and single dates and group dates then continued via Zoom and Lockie did end up exchanging numbers with a few of the women so that they could stay in contact during self-isolation. Well, filming resumed back in the Batch Mansion early July, but fans noticed, and so did I actually, but I didn't really think anything of it, that in that premiere episode, as Osh was kind of giving his overview as to what was going to happen this season, a compilation of Zoom calls flashed onto screen. Hopefully tonight I'm going to meet the girl I'm going to marry. Lockie. Oh, what? Until the outside world brings everything to a halt. We have to stop production. We can't keep everybody safe. You're going to have to say goodbye to all of them tonight. Forcing The Bachelor to adjust to a new reality. This is love in lockdown. You're joking. Hello, hello. Hey, Lucky! But eagle-eyed fans noted that there was one that only had four of the women, so Bella, Steph, Nicole and Roxy, who were each joined by a parent, suggesting that this could actually be the hometown dates. So people are now thinking that they have a top four confirmed. But... Most fans aren't convinced because Irina is completely missing. And by all accounts, Irina is 100% wifey material and pretty much the second running favourite behind Bella. And everyone's saying that it's not really an editing fail or a leaked Zoom call because Irina isn't there and perhaps have just chosen those certain ones to maybe lead us down a bit of a rabbit hole. Okay, two things on this. The first one is I can't believe you noticed this when the first promo came out. So you've been sitting on a massive spoiler this I entire know. time. Second of all, I feel like all the rules that we usually look for, because there's Bachelor spoilers every year, but it's mostly the paparazzi following them around and getting photos. But I think because the entire cast were probably at home with their families as so many people were isolating, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they would pop onto calls or dates if they're all locked in the same house. So I think the rules don't apply this time around, but I think also they're the women we thought were going to make it to the end. So it has taken some of the mystery out of it. I finished my work week on my couch. Ordered some food. It's time for Weekend Watch. Our recommendations of what to watch this weekend. All right, Weekend Watch time. I don't mind if I do because I have got a ripper of a recommendation this week. And it's a new series on Foxtel called Lovecraft Country. This story is about my father and the secret birthright that's been kept from us. You're going after it. We're going near the car. There's something here. Just trying to get out. Everything is where and as it should be. From God to man to creature. It's a much-anticipated adaption of Mark Ruff's 2016 novel called Lovecraft Country. So a bit of backstory here because I think it's important to give a bit of context as to how the series kind of came about. So the writer that I just spoke about, he wrote this book using monsters from a famous sci-fi author called H.P. Lovecraft, Howard Phillips Lovecraft. He was an American writer who wrote amazing sci-fi books, but he was known to be deeply racist and a white supremacist. 
So what Matt Ruff did was use these iconic and cult monsters from H.P. Lovecraft's fiction and inserted them into a story about a black protagonist called Atticus. And the story is set in the United States in the 1950s during Jim Crow era. So if you don't know what Jim Crow era is, they were laws that were at a state and local level that enforced racial segregation. So it was after slavery was abolished, but when some states, particularly southern states in America, were still segregating black and white people. So getting back to this story, it's now been made into this amazing HBO documentary. And I mentioned Atticus being our lead hero. So he was living in Florida and received a letter from his father. So decides to travel back to Chicago to search for his father. He meets up with his uncle, George, who's played by Courtney B. Vance, who's one of my very favourite actors, and his childhood friend called Letitia, who's played by Journey Smollett. So together they embark on this trip across America to try and find his father. And as they're driving, they run into troubles because of these Jim Crow laws. So in one scene, they are met with a sheriff who's said to them, you know, we're a sundown state. And that references to the fact that as soon as the sun goes down, the laws completely change. And that law enforcement person is entitled to catch any black person and lynch them. So they kind of encounter these like racial terrorist things that are going on. But there's this underlying thing of sci-fi that I referenced before when telling you the history. And I don't want to give it too much away, but as soon as the sci-fi bit happened, I went, oh my God, Laura Brodnick is going to love this show. <laughs> I do love this show. I'm so happy you're recommending it because I was a major HP Lovecraft fan in my youth when I didn't really know his kind of backstory and his like racial overtones. I used to read his books as a teenager and they are the best kind of horror and sci-fi. And um, I'd also read Lovecraft Country, the book that this TV show is based on. And I loved that. So I was excited for this. But I think this is one of the rare cases where the TV show show is even better than the book and I think that's because they've blown out the racial tensions a bit more and because the cast is so good especially Journey Summit who I loved in Underground and also recently in Birds of Prey with Margot Robbie so seeing her have this big starring turn in this is so good and so I've been telling people like if you like mild horror and thrillers because there's obviously a lot of creatures in this and even more as the series goes along there's a lot of like kind of scary creatures and secret societies and kind of a few gruesome moments and I love that but I think the way that they're handling the racial tensions and the people in that area who become the villains sometimes supernatural but not always because of that area it's so so good I'd say it's one of the best dramas I've watched so far this year I love that you pointed out that it's not too scary if you're scared of horror because horror is not my genre but because it's horror (laughs) sci-fi and you can kind of be like well this isn't really going to happen in real life yeah you get at least you get a little bit of warning I feel I mean there's a few jump scares but you often get a warning but everyone I know so far who's watched this hasn't been too scared so you'll probably be okay yeah and it's like a good mix of like a history lesson I think which is very Mm. good at the moment to really understand kind of the racial tensions that are going on in America and the history that got us to this point that we're at now but keeping it light in inverted commas light with a bit of sci-fi monster action so it is really good and the team behind it's great they've got Misha Green who is the showrunner and she did Underground so I think that's probably why Journey Smollett is on there and then Jordan Peele who is a writer-director of Get Out he is also executive producing this and he is at the forefront of really changing that genre to include black Americans in it because it has been a bit of a white genre of film with black people not really getting starring roles so it's a really good team and I think Think you guys are gonna love it so laura i'm proud that you're proud of me for choosing it just want that so to be proud said. of you <laughs> and now i want to know what yours is 
Okay, mine is in no way as highbrow and as complex and clever as your recommendation. Oh but, you my know, God, a how a the bit, tables have turned. I know, a bit of light and shade. So my recommendation is for anyone who at this moment is maybe having, you know, a bit of a busy life and just needs something. If you're not a fan of reality TV, but you need just a really fun, easy show to switch off at. Because obviously I'm back home living in Queensland at the moment, working full time, but also looking after my mum who's not well. So I kind of get into bed at night and I'm like, I'm exhausted, but I just want to watch something to turn my mind off. And and that's a bit fun. And so I've been watching Lucifer on Netflix, which I'd never been a fan of before because it always looked a bit kind of blah. But then I posted in our Spill Facebook group that I was going to start watching it because everyone in there has always got amazing TV recommendations. And so many of the people in our Facebook group were like, are you kidding me that you haven't watched this show? And I didn't realize it had this really intense fandom. Like it got taken off at one stage and then fans like got Netflix to pick it up for the last season. Like people love it so much. And I was like, okay, I need to get into this. Lucifer Morningstar. Is that a stage name? God given, I'm afraid. Why don't you tell me something? How does she end up dying in a hailstorm of bullets and you get away without a scratch? The benefits of immortality. What will your corrupt little organization do about this? We're done here. Someone out there needs to be punished. Stop caring. You're the devil. So it's about the devil who leaves hell and takes up residence in Los Angeles. He's played by Tom Ellis, who is one of the best kind of charming, comedic, interesting actors I've actually seen. Like the, the material's not great, but his performance as Lucifer is just incredible. So he kind of gets over his life in hell, wants to live in like the human world. So he comes to Los Angeles and starts running a club where he meets a um, detective named Chloe Decker. And in a twist of kind of fate that doesn't really work because it's so unbelievable, but they just kind of ignore it. He starts working with her to solve crimes. He keeps telling her he's the devil, but she initially doesn't believe him. But he has this thing where he can get people to like tell the truth and that sort of stuff. So he's very helpful in these investigations. So it's kind of almost like a castle. Remember that show with Nathan Fillion, Team Up Show, where she's the cop and he was the murder writer who joined up with her and helped her solve cases. And they had really good banter and sexual chemistry and will they, won't day and there were all these quirky side characters working in the police station it's like that but he's the devil and there's angels and his best friend who works at the club is a demon and but it's not supernatural heavy like the supernatural shows i would watch it's very much like i would say it's more of like a procedural drama comedy with a few devilish antics thrown in there for good measure it's just super entertaining and it's a really good thing if you just need to unwind and watch something that's a bit fun but not reality tv but not reality TV. Because that's what everyone switches no, off to. I know, but you know, I, know, I can't I know. I think watch it. I can't watch it. That's not it's our to job me, that's work. To raise the bar for what you need to do to unwind. <laughs> exactly. It's our mission here on the spill. So no, I love that recommendation, Laura. So season five, this is how it ties into Weekend Watch because there is a newsworthy hook. So part one of season five is premiering on Netflix today at 5 p.m. So if anyone's been waiting for the new season to come out, it's happening today. And if you haven't watched it and you're looking for a new TV show, all other four seasons are on Netflix now and it's a very good binge watch. Thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. Well, TGIF, thank God it's Friday, which means it's also time to join The Spill Facebook. Where have you been? If you're not there already, hop onto Facebook, search The Spill. We want to know what you're watching at the moment. We need recommendations too. We can't just be doing all the work all of the time. So pop on there, join, and we will gladly accept you. This episode of The Spill was produced by Rachel Hart. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au. Bye. 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 Na 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 na